0: This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. And welcome back, everyone. It's Roger Brooks here, and thanks for joining us. On today's show, we have a special treat for you. I had the chance to chat with former NFL player Marcus Ogden, who is on a mission to help inspire people to take accountability in their own life. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? Another leader who is begging people to take action. It's the secret formula, folks, and I'm very happy to be sharing some of Marcus's wisdom with you today. He's also the author of his new book, The Success Cycle, Three Keys for Achieving Your Goals in Business and Life. Please pick up a copy of his book. I particularly like Chapter 12. The title is Focus on You, Not Your Competition. That is something I've been preaching here for years now, and uh, Marcus reinforces that. And speaking of books, anyone who knows me understands how passionate I am about giving people the tools to write their first book. If you've always wanted to write a book, but need some guidance and accountability to make your dreams become a reality, then listen closely to this brief message. What if you had a dream or desire to write your first book you could finally share your story or express your views about a topic or subject you are passionate about and what if 2020 became the year your dream became a reality turn a new chapter in your life literally join me for a live webinar where i'll share my 10-step program for writing a best-selling book Register now. Seats are limited. Don't miss it. I believe in you. Your best-selling book is waiting to be written. Don't let another week slip by. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Marcus Ogden, best selling author, personality keynote speaker, former NFL athlete, master storyteller, and business leader. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roger. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. It's so great to connect with you. I I know we connected through a mutual friend on LinkedIn and I'm honored to have you on today. And I'm really looking forward to sharing your story and your backstory because I know you have a lot to share. (laughs) Yes, I appreciate it. Yeah, I tell people all the time, you learn
1: through your experiences and learn through your trials and tribulations and you're able to hopefully share that knowledge
0: with others and help them succeed. Let's start with your backstory, because I think that'll help get us to where you are today, which you're mm-hmm. so busy. I know you were recently out at a, at a, a speaking event um, with a large company. I believe you're in New York City, so you're all over the place. But it would be great if, if you could give us um, you know, a bit about your, your upbringing and mm-hmm. uh, what it was like growing up as, as an athlete and how that you know, prope- propelled into the NFL and then we'll, I guess, get into some of the, the trials that, that you've had and, and how we uh, how you got to today. Sure, so I'm originally from
1: Washington, DC. I currently live right now in Raleigh, North Carolina with my wife and two daughters. Um, I was drafted to the National Football League in 2003 by Jack Del Rio, who's now the current defensive coordinator for the Washington Redskins. Great man, great coach, taught me a lot. Lots about perseverance, lots about grit, leadership, accountability. The same things I used when I left the NFL after a six-year career and I started a construction business in um, Baltimore City. I was a minority-owned contracting company. We started in dirt work, concrete. I'm excuse me. We started in concrete demolition. Then we went into dirt work and utilities, which made us a lot of money. But also that was part of the problem. When you had make a lot of money in certain parts of construction, there is a lot of risk. So I took on a project um, for a big client uh, near the end of my career, uh, near the end of my business, and I ended up getting overextended. Now, I had grew the company from $0 to an eight-figure-a-year business by year four. So by the time I had just turned 30, we were the largest African-American minority subcontract in the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland in the area of site work. And we were large, we had lots of great clients, we had lots of great experiences. Uh, but unfortunately, as the company grew, so did my ego, so did my bravado. I went from being a good, solid leader who allowed healthy inclusion and dialogue and became a boss who was a tyrant, who was very just, it's his way or the highway. And I ended up having that attitude seep into the culture of the organization and my employees picked up on it. And by the time I got into the end of 2012, that job that I took on for four and a half million dollars, we had a snag where there was about two points, between two to $3 million, around 2.5 million had to be spent in less than 90 days to get the job site issue rectified. It was rectified, but then I ended up not getting paid back by the developer and contractor, and I had to file a chapter seven uh, bankruptcy. Filed the bankruptcy, 2013, everything I had was lost, gone. Home repossessed, cars, you know, home foreclosed on, how, cars repossessed, the whole nine yards. I took a job as a custodian, making eight twenty-five dollars an hour in the graveyard shift, Roger, and I had my pivotal moment where I got my life together and it said, okay, what can i do to really get myself out of this and i said i'm going to come home write down my goals wrote my goals out and i decided to be a keynote speaker and i worked hard developed you know content and you know just kept going and going it took me about two and a half years to get my first paid job but once i got the job roger i haven't looked back i've worked for clients like you said uh, liberty mutual was i was in boston uh two days ago I've for clients like Accent Advisors in New York City, right across from Central Park, Home Depot, the NFL player engagement, you name it. And it's been a lot of struggle to get here, but I wouldn't change anything because without those struggles and tribulations and trials and errors, I wouldn't have a good a story to tell.
0: Unbelievable, Marcus. And first of all, I commend you, right? I mean, you said a lot there, but – the one thing that stuck out to me is you put your ego at some point you put your ego aside and you said, I'm bigger than this and you turned your life around, right? That's not easy to do, especially a former NFL athlete. You know, you probably had all this responsibility and didn't want to let anyone down, but you did the right thing. And it's stories like this. I think that helps peep the, the, the average guy, average gal who is struggling to say, okay, if he could do it, then I could do it. So I, you know, I, I, I commend you. Um, let if we can, bef- let's let's go back to b- before you became an NFL athlete. Uh, what what was it like? Did you know? Did you know you had the talent to g- get into the NFL?
1: No, actually, I didn't know I had the talent to get into the National Football League until the summer before my last season when. The year before, at the end of my junior year, teams like the Colts, the Bengals, the Browns, the Jets, uh, the Rams, uh, they all were coming out to see me, the Jaguars. And then I read, I remember I was preparing for the year I didn't go to um, a workout and I saw something in this like draft book. I said, let's look at this book, why not, I'm bored. Look in the draft book and I said, well yeah, Marcus Ogden, Howard University, has the potential to be as high as a third round pick if he can get stronger and work on this and that. And I was like, okay, I guess I do have the talent. So at that time, that's when I kind of turned myself around and said, I'm gonna go ahead and get this done. And so that's where I started to make the moves to get where I am today.
0: Wow, and was it a childhood dream of yours to play in the NFL?
1: No, actually it wasn't. Nope, it was not. what did again, you want to I, mean, do? I, played, I played football growing up and all that, but I didn't play until I was a freshman in high school. I only got one offer, one offer for college, Harvard University, that's it. So I didn't think football was gonna be something that I was gonna be able to excel at at a high level to that degree. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and try to be an investment banker. That's what I wanted to do, was become an investment banker.
0: Unbelievable. That's so awesome. So, okay. So a couple of more questions I had. So after, after football, you start this construction business. Was that a passion of yours or was it more of an opportunity that you just kind of stumbled onto? It was totally an opportunity.
1: Uh, it presented itself. They needed somebody in the, in the area to fulfill that whole process and get things accomplished. And it needed a minority contractor who could step in and help fulfill some of these government requirements and percentages to get things done. And I said, okay, I'm a minority. I have some money. I saved all my money from football. I had some good money put away where I left the game. Uh, And I said, I'm going to do this. Why not? And I said, I'm 27 and a half, almost 28 years old. Why not? So I did it, and I jumped in, and I got some great encouragement. I met somebody who I thought was going to be a great business partner for me. It turned out to be a great business partner relationship about the first four years until I realized that he didn't have any experience in commercial construction. And By the time I figured it out, it was too late. I couldn't back out of any of the projects, and hey, sara, sara. It was the wrong guy. Uh, Right opportunity, right mindset, no passion, no emotion to do it. Wrong business partner.
0: Okay, and Marcus, for those young guys who are coming out of the league, or even maybe not even an athlete, just you know have some opportunities, and they're presenting something like this. Anything you could, any words of advice you could offer them now that you've been through it to say, you know, maybe do some more due diligence, or what? what that's would you
1: what I would. For? That's it. There's five keys to running a successful business. Number one, know your business. I didn't know construction. Should have never got involved. So know your business. Number two, if you have one, always vet your partner. Know who you are dealing with. Vet them. Get to know them. Three, vet your employees. Making sure that they represent you and your brand in the best way. Four, always be properly funded. Don't get involved in a business that you don't have ample capital for. I should have never got into dirt work. Never. I didn't have enough finances. But I saw opportunity. I saw cash. And I was young. I had no real good mentors. And I got overextended. And five, Know when to walk away. I should have never put over almost two and a half million dollars into a project, hoping to get my money back. Realizing by the time I was done, I have no coverage here. I have no signed change order. I've got no documentation, all guys, a handshake. But I was under so much pressure because I had a bond on the job. And they called my bond. I'm like, man, they can take everything. Well, it turns out I lost everything anyway. So I should have say, said, you know what? I'm done with this, guys. I'm not doing anything more. So I get a signed change order. That's that. That's what I should have did, but I didn't do
0: it. Well, I'm so glad you shared those, those five uh, pillars because, and I think the last one is probably the most important, right? We, a lot of us, even entrepreneurs, you get, you, you get married to a certain opportunity and people just don't know when to walk away. Sometimes, so uh, I, I got the you know I got the the chills when you were going through those because I could only imagine what you were going through. But now you'll never do it again, right? That's nope. We, and <laughs> and I, I want your listeners
1: to get this right here: a business is not a person. It's not a relationship. It's a piece of paper. You have to understand that you as a business owner, if it's not working out, it's a piece of paper. I understand you have an emotional attachment, I get it. But be realistic and be cognitive. If it's not working out, learn how to move on, cut ties. Because if you don't cut ties and you keep throwing money down that bad rabbit hole, it's more than likely not that you won't get it back. So I tell you all the time, a business is not a baby, it's not a person, it's a piece of paper, and it's, it's an entity that you can walk away from if it's not working out.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm really happy that you shared that. And it's really like taking the emotion out of it, right? Don't, don't, yeah. don't put emotion into a piece of paper. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, so let's segue into what you love doing. Let's talk about, first of all, your book, The Success, Success Cycle that I know is available in Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. Uh, How did that come to be? And give us a little bit of insight what it's about. The success cycle is
1: about three major pillars that if anyone has the grit to put together and to really be, again, strategic with a tactical execution plan can achieve success. Number one is ambition. What are your goals? What is your roadmap? How do you plan to get from A to B to C all the way to Z and beyond? So that's ambition, creating your roadmap, and then really getting that in that position where you are, have a blueprint for your success. Second is drive, be inspired to make a long systemic change, not just motivated, which comes from the word locomotive for going in a short distance with lots of force but you're not going to have the ability to go the long distance. So inspirations for the long haul, going, motive, being motivated is for the short haul. And then learn how to break out of your comfort zone into the breakthrough zone. That's what drive's about. Stepping out of that comfort zone where you're like, oh, it's so nice and safe and secure, and going to the breakthrough zone where magic can happen. And the third one is hard work. Focus on you, not the competition. It's a 95 hour week, not a nine to five. If you can do those three things and have the underlying tone, Roger, of knowing where you want to go, having a a destination in your GPS. If you have ambition, drive, hard work, with the underlying fact of having your GPS system, you can achieve greatness.
0: There's some really good reviews out there uh, about your book. I'd love for you to tell us, though, who's the target demographic? Who do you want to read this book? And who is reading this book?
1: The book's for anybody, Roger. It's,
0: I mean, I hate saying that, but it's true. Anybody
1: that wants to have success. I'm a realist. My first book, Sleepless Nights, was only geared towards people who like football that wanted to hear a story. That's it. That's all it was. This is for people who want to have success. But not just success. Even if you're having success right now, can you go to a higher level? Of course, we all can. So this book will help you. So I have people that are young entrepreneurs in their you know late teens, early twenties that are loving the book. People that are in corporate America, executives for big companies, for like PNC Bank, uh, you know, uh, um, First Horizon Bank, to uh, you know, um, uh, Liberty Mutual. Then I have people who are a little bit maybe older in their 50s, 60s, again, all races, ethnicities, who are maybe they've transitioned, they've retired, but they're not ready just to pack it in. But they don't, they know they want to do something, but they don't know how to get there. So this book is designed for anyone that wants to just elevate to a higher level. And you might be stuck. Again, you might have a business idea, but you're not good. You You might have drive. Right, like you want to go and be successful. You might be hardworking, great. But if you don't have a, a roadmap, it doesn't matter. So when I was a custodian, I was driven to be successful. I wanted to go out and do something. I was hardworking. I worked for football trainings during the day. I was a janitor at night. I worked, but I had no roadmap. So all I was doing, Roger, was working hard, being driven, to go absolutely nowhere but the same circle like a hamster. So it doesn't matter. So this book will help you identify your strengths and create an ambitious, strategic goal, right? Then the drive is gonna talk about being driven to succeed or some tactical steps, and hard work is how you have to push through and don't get focused or caught up in the social media comparison game. Oh, he's got a Maybach on that. Hey, oh, he's got a Bentley. Oh, they're traveling. Off. You have no idea what the skeletons are in their closet. We all have them. So this is why, on my social media, I'm very honest. Like, I have had success. I am, and I'm blessed to have it. But it's work. It's, and people and they put out these pictures, and they talk about, oh, I'm in Rome this week. I'm in Paris. It's in I've got this new car. But they never tell you about the hard work that's involved. So if someone's doing that. I don't want to follow them because, to me, they're not being authentic. So it's for anybody, Roger, that wants to elevate in their life, no matter who you are or where you are. Right now we have, I think, 13 or 14 reviews, all are five-star. I mean, it's if you have veterans that are trying to get into real estate, uh, one of my good friends who's a veteran, his wife took the book. Like, the book came in, right, Roger? His wife stole the book for him first. (laughs) She read it and she said, Mark, I just finished reading your book. It was amazing, right? And she's probably early to late 30s, early 40s, Caucasian female, housewife. And I've had people who are in realtors, that are investors, business owners. So the book can really work for anybody who wants to achieve success, no matter where they are in their life.
0: That's awesome. And I'm thinking about my daughter right now. She's a high school senior, thinking about what she's going to do in the future. I think this might be a a really good fit for her.
1: Absolutely, I mean, it's it, again like, she needs to kind of be okay, well, and she, like, I'm sure she's ambitious, right? But like, where does she wanna go? What kind of goals does she wanna set for herself? She's she gonna be going to college soon? Like, what are her collegiate aspirations? You know, where does she wanna go? What's that plan? Be driven, break out of the comfort zone for her. If she's doing this, then how can we go a little bit further to get to the higher level where she wants to be? And then. Hard work, especially that's the one I think a lot of the youth need to kind of understand because the youth gets so enamored and so mesmerized by the flash on social media. They get so mesmerized, yeah. but they don't realize that that mesmerization or what that person is doing may not, it may not be their Maybach. It may not be their Bentley. You know I mean, you have no idea. They could just be renting it to show it to you on social media to get you to, for more likes. Yeah, so you that- really really know.
0: Yeah, I love your. I, I love the statement you made earlier. It's not nine to five, it's 95, 95 hours. That's what it takes, right? To really, Absolutely. really get somewhere. That's, I that's, mean, look at,
1: look, Josh, look at us, we're shooting this on a Saturday, right? right. I mean, like that's, that's yes. the mentality that it takes that a lot of people don't want to put in the work to get to that level.
0: Yep, yep, great point. Okay, um, bef- I want to ask you about your speaking, but before that, I just have to ask you, you have an incredible energy about you. I'm sure you know that, I'm sure everyone tells you that. Where does that come from? Is that from your, your your upbringing? Who in your family, have you always been like this? I've always been like this. My
1: grandfather was a boxing trainer for over 60 years of his life working for the Boys and Girls Club. And I got my energy and my passion to succeed from him. He used to drive all the way over to, to work with kids in a very uh, dilapidated crime infested area of Southeast D.C. And he had his Cutlass Oldsmobile coming down the street. but Everybody knew who it was. He was high energy, great man, great role model. So my energy comes from my maternal grandfather. And
0: you know, I'm sure when you go out on that stage that your energy is, is just you know exuding to, to the crowds. What is it like for you to speak? And can you give us a little uh, bit of insight about what you talk about in your speeches? Speaking is
1: an art form that when I started six years ago, I was not very good at. I was good about storytelling to a degree, but I was not good at giving people the real, authentic, whole story. And I was not good at the action steps and challenging them. Today, I have worked very hard, and I get better every day to give people high energy, lots of passion, and a great story. Combine with challenging them to break out of their comfort zone, then giving them the action steps to do so. So I speak about things like senior leadership, leadership as a whole, uh, how, does help, how to create and sustain a healthy culture, uh, how to persevere and have a championship mindset, uh, marketing and sales, uh, how to create and grow processes and systems to really have a more efficient business. So those are the, four, the five or six. And then, of course, diversity and inclusion. So I get bought out for those most of the time. But again, because I have experience from being a business owner and playing football and life and everything else, I can talk about these things and I can tie it in to the theme that the client wants. Like yesterday, for Liberty Mutual, it was talking about uh, creating uh, your success cycle but really more around the theme of inclusion and how to actually help their sales team interact better with the external clients and also how to have a stronger internal dialogue with their own, you know, liberty mutual team. And it was great, great culture, great business, great setup. That's their global headquarters in Boston. And it was great to have a chance to, to to see greatness in the room, but give them more action steps to go from greatness to legacy leading for Liberty Mutual.
0: That's incredible. I, uh, a couple of things on that on those topics that, that I had questions on. So first, diversity inclusion. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, I, I have a feeling I know what it is, but I, I would love to hear from you. What, what actually does it mean, and what are you teaching people? To me, diversity
1: is about having people from different ethnicities and backgrounds coming together to solve a common problem. Inclusion is creating an atmosphere where people can express themselves without fear of being judged. We talk about how it's so big to have diversity, why it's important. It improves your community image, expands your employee pool, expands your customer base, many reasons. So we talk about how diversity can help you grow a great business. And inclusion is the backbone. If anybody in a corporation feels that they cannot express themselves to their, co- their, their counterparts, their leaders, their higher ups, you're doomed. Because if people have ideas that they don't want to say because their fear of retaliation, you're basically crippling that employee. And all you're going to do, they're going to work for you, but not work. Truly, at maximum efficiency for you, we talk about pulling these things out in the in that in that exact talk.
0: And Marcus, how often would you say that happens in in any organization? Is it? Common- oh, it happens quite frequently.
1: Quite frequently, where you know employees aren't really knowing how to approach management because they don't have a, a structure. It's not talked about. It may not be part of the cultural, you know, unspoken rules. So it just happens a lot. And I think when you can address it and you can bring some type of resolution to it, it only helps the company grow to a massive
0: level. And why does it happen so often? Is it, is it because uh, management typically doesn't want to share? Um,
1: it, it really happens because they haven't, they're, they're not having enough clear communication that inclusion is good. They're not doing that. Steve Jobs said it best. His hardest job at Apple was not to be the CEO. It was hard to make sure his team knew they could express themselves and he had to promote inclusion at the highest level, which is why Apple is number three on the Fortune 500 list, why they're the largest, you know, technology brand in the world. This is why everybody almost has an iPhone or iPad, like, Steve Jobs, who has been gone, I don't know how long, unfortunately, set a culture that now Tim Cook can follow, and it can, and it breeds
0: legacy greatness. That is awesome. No, and it's great. It's, it's good to shed light on these topics because, um, you know, unless someone's going out to, or unless someone like you is going to the company and giving a, a talk, it's not really brought up. So I'm glad we're talking about that today, and hopefully... Um, you know if there are companies listening um and and want have interest in having you come speak how do they reach you what's the best way to get in touch with you great question they can go to my website www.marcus
1: m-a-r-q-u-e-s ogden dot com. they can also email me at marcus underscore ogden at com or marcus ogden at marcus ogden and we can have a conversation uh I mean, I, I, I've worked for 13 Fortune 500 companies in the last three and a half years. Of the 13, eight are Fortune 100. That's Accident Advisors, JP Morgan and Chase, the Home Depot Company, uh, New York Life, MetLife, Siemens, Cisco, and now Liberty Mutual in the last three and a half years. And, you know, Roger, you're a very intelligent guy. I've seen you on social media, LinkedIn. People aren't bringing me in I'm a football player. It's not enough. Like, it's like, it's it's, it's a nice little, you know, little like, hey, that's cool, but what can you do for us? Like, if you're coming to talk about football, the huddle, the locker room, stay at home. I'm just being honest. The business background I have, and I really worked hard to surround myself, and I coach people now. I have a lot of coaching clients. I do a lot of consulting. I work hard to get my coach to help me become more valuable, gain more knowledge, get more insight, watch people social media like yourself interacting, having dialogue, letting people know that I'm always learning. That was my mistake with my first business. I thought I knew it all, and the minute I thought that, Roger, 90 days later, I'm out.
0: Yeah. No, look, I mean, all this stuff, it's just you're, it's pure gold what you're delivering because this is real life, right? This people go through this stuff all the time and sometimes they just don't know how to get out of it. But the fact that we're talking about it's a journey, right? It's we're always learning. It never ends. And it will be like that until the day we die. Right. right. If, if we want to get better at our craft and become the right. best we could be every single day. Let today be better than yesterday and tomorrow be better than today. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So a couple uh last questions. I really appreciate all of your time today. And I know I would love to get together again, maybe someday in person, to do a face. Sure, talk. absolutely. Uh, but I know you're really big on mindset, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Can can you spend just a few minutes and talk about the importance of mindset, what it means to you, and maybe give us an idea of 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 a typical day, what what you're doing um to prepare for your your work in, 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 in your days.
1: Mindset is all about having the perseverance, grit and determination to continue to go forward. When everybody's doubting you Gandhi has an amazing quote that I use. Now some of my talks first, they ignore you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight you. Then you win. And that is what it's mindset is to me. There are four main things you need to have to have a victory slash championship mindset. Number one, you have to learn how to aggressively resolve problems. Number two, you have to learn how to be innovative and adapt to certain situations. Number three, always be humble. Number four, have open, effective, and honest communication and allow for feedback and critique to grow your business and your brand. If you can do those four things and have those things be the culture and the pillar of who you are as a person, you will always have a championship victory mindset, no matter what you face from anybody throwing anything your way.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Marcus, if you were to take out your cell phone right now and call the 20-year-old Marcus, what advice would you give him? Be humble. That's, that's where I, I
1: mean, in the NFL, I was humble because I got my butt kicked and, and I learned and I got better. But when Marcus was 20, he didn't learn how to be humble off the football field. So anytime I had greatness off the field, I always like I'm the best, I'm the best. And that's the wrong way to think about it because there's always somebody out there better. You should just strive to be your best, not the best. So I would tell the younger Marcus to learn how to be humble and never, ever, ever stop learning. Because that's exactly what happened to me with Caden. I had just turned, thir- I was not even 32, I, went, I, I had just turned 32, I had just turned 32 years old. Three months later, I'm bankrupt. So if I would have learned that in, in, from 20 all the way through my 20s, by the time I got to, you know, in my 30s with my business, I would have never, uh, I would have never gotten arrogant. I would have never gotten, you know, complacent. I would have just been a humble, hardworking guy. I'd have built a hundred million dollar company by this time. So, but I learned and so, but I, I didn't like construction. I made money, but I didn't like it. This I love speaking, coaching, course, like that's what I love because it's making a difference in people's lives, not just doing what I need to do to make money for myself. Huge difference.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, uh, this has been incredible. Thank you so much. One last question before I let you go. I ask every guest at the end of the day, you have a lot of life to live, but at the end of the day, when your work is done, what, what does Marcus want his legacy to be?
1: Helping inspire people to take accountability in their own life. That's it. Because when I took accountability for my failures, Roger, with my business, with my attitude and I started to get off my butt, life got better. So I want my legacy to be inspiring those to take accountability, to help them in their own life.
0: Awesome. Marcus Ogden, you, I, I consider you a friend now. Thank you so much. It was great to connect with you. I cannot wait to share this with our audience and welcome to the American Real family. Appreciate it, my
1: friend. It was a great
0: interview. I enjoyed it wholeheartedly. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.